Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Looking for the perfect gift for the book lovers in your life this holiday season? Give the gift of TBR, Book Riot's subscription service offering tailored book recommendations as diverse and interesting as readers are. Choose from the plans that allow your loved ones to receive hardcover books in the mail or recommendations by email. You can do it as a one-time gift or a year-long subscription and sit back while our bibliologists do the rest. When your recipient redeems their gift, they'll complete a profile to tell TBR about their reading preferences and what they're looking for, and they can even connect their Goodreads account. Then we'll match them with a bibliologist who will hand-pick recommendations just for them. Gifts start at just $15, so there's an option for every budget. TBR is produced in partnership with Print, a bookstore in Portland, Maine. So when you treat someone's shelf, you're supporting an indie too. Visit mytbr.co slash gift to sign up today and give the bookish folks in your life a personalized bookish experience they can enjoy without leaving their home. That's mytbr.co slash gift. Welcome back to When in Romance, where we like to talk about all things romance, novels, Landia, authors, people, you know how it is. Um, I am Jess. And I am Trisha. And we are recording on Tuesday, November 24th, 2020. And this is episode 72. Yeah, because even though you're not allowed to do anything fun this Thanksgiving, because we all have to be safe uh we also didn't want to record our show on thanksgiving so yeah. we're recording a little early yeah um but i think i feel like that works just because we actually have part two of our holiday recommendation request show we do and i'm excited about some of these questions i'm excited about all of these questions not to one-up you oh, uh, i'm just well, saying you know. yeah okay fine i'm excited about all of them too okay <laughs> if you're that. not i've shamed you into pretending like you are um, <laughs> uh before we get to our first uh question we did get one sometimes when we do recommendations uh, other folks have some as well and they share them with us which is delightful so if you have them please feel free um but we heard from our friend on Instagram, uh, who you can find at Brandon WH, that's B-R-A-N-D-A-N-W-H, uh, that Polaris Rising by Jesse Mihalik, and my apologies to Jesse if I got that last name wrong, and The Blacksmith Queen by G.A. Aiken are both fantasy wrecks that we did not mention. I'm going to be honest. She was a little appalled that we did not mention them. Uh, so there you have both of those. Take a look and check those out. We actually, to be fair, we don't talk a lot about a sci-fi and fantasy 
on this show because Book Riot has a different sci-fi fantasy show. And um, so sometimes we we forget uh, to give that subgenre as much attention as it deserves. Uh, but check our show notes and both Polaris Rising and The Blacksmith Queen will be in there. Um, and many thanks for the recommendation. Yes, thank you. And speaking of Instagram, our uh, first request actually comes from Becky on Instagram. We mentioned Becky last week at Becky Reads It All. Uh, and since Becky's Instagram handle is Becky Reads It All, uh, it was a little intimidating to try to find <laughs> book recommendations for her. But um, she was she mentioned in a, in a note to me the historical romances are catnip, uh, but she feels like she's read all of them. So she is looking for under the radar Scottish historical romance jess what do you have for becky that maybe she has not read well you know one of the problems is that i see a lot of scottish romance just sort of in the wild so i'm not sure what under the radar what's under the radar and what's not so my first direction was to go for a uh, dragon shifter highland scottish historical romance that i love uh, very dearly and that is Highland Dragon Warrior by Isabel Cooper. It's the first in a series that's actually a like prequel series to one set in the Victorian era. So if you prefer the Victorian era to the 14th century, maybe check those out. But these are great. Um, Highland Dragon Warrior uh, is about a Scottish laird who has a problem um, in his castle... His, uh, there's some magic happening to some of his people, and, uh, someone in his family is disappearing. Like, literally disappearing. I might have talked about this before, but it was probably a couple years ago, so if you've already read it, I'm sorry. Um, so he calls upon an alchemist who has actually come to him for one of his scales, for her, her, uh, work. I guess, and they agree to make a trade if he helps, if she helps him figure out why his friend is literally disappearing, like not not visible on parts of his body anymore. Then this is like a Michael J. Fox at the end of Back to the Future kind of situation. Eh, kind of, yeah. Um, I but, mean, when you when you imagine someone disappearing, that is that is my immediate reference as someone was of that era i'm i'm a few years older than you so that may be i may be predating you on that one jess well i can see what you're saying like mm-hmm. i can envision that because i love the back to the future movies um mm-hmm. but it like he's also kind of, i think he's also in a coma so there's just <laughs> he's like so, not moving and also disappearing eventually he'll just be gone um right. So there's magic and uh, alchemy and flying at night on dragon's wings. Um, And also uh, kind of war with, you know, the invading English. So there's there's all of that. And it's a great package. And all three books in this particular set are really good. Um... The third one includes a lady dragon, so you know. Oh. Um, they're all family, so that's that's really cool. And the other book that I thought of 
um, also includes the invading English, but it's a few centuries later. It's the the rebel wears plaid by Eliza Knight, and it's the first book in Prince Charlie's Angels, <laughs> which I love. I love the name of the series. Um, but it's about That's incredibly charming. It's board. about yeah, it is. It's super charming. I love it. Um, if you are familiar with um, the history of the UK. There was the whole thing with Bonnie Prince Charlie and um, claiming the success, claiming to be the successor of the throne of England um, and Scotland, and a big war on the island. And this is set during that time. And um, our main female protagonist is actually a Scottish woman whose brother is kind of a Brit- a toady to the British. But she is very much on Prince Charlie's side and is sort of recruiting to um, recruiting people to fight. And so that's that's where that starts out. And we've got um, someone who isn't sure about fighting alongside a woman, but, you know, why not? And also... Gosh, there's so much going on in this book that is like internal and external with the fighting and the English and all of that, but it's it's um it's a really interesting read and uh, that one also has I believe two out and another one coming, but I can't remember. So that's uh The Rebel Wears Plaid by Eliza Knight. Excellent. Uh, and I, so, you know, again, this is a, to find under the radar is always a little tricky. Um, my, one of my first thoughts was just a book that I really like, which is uh, When a Scot Ties the Knot, but it is by Tessa Dare, who normally doesn't write Scottish, but she does write a lot and we talk about her a lot. So I feel like that's not under the radar. Yeah. <laughs> um, the next one that jumped to mind was uh, Alyssa Cole's Agnes Moore's Wild Night which is more under the radar, but part of the reason it's under the radar is because it's a short story. Mm -hmm. Um, It's only about 40 pages, Um, but it is delightful. So if you have not read it, it is worth checking out. I'm hesitant to say much about it uh, because it's so short that I don't want to ruin anything, but it is, um, there is a tournament, there is a knight. I think you could make the argument that he is wild. (laughs) and and Agnes is the prize, essentially, of this tournament. So whichever knight wins the tournament gets to claim a kiss from Agnes. Even in 40 pages, Alyssa Cole finds a, a way to make it go a little further than that. <laughs> um, but it is, as always is the case with Alyssa Cole, very worth your time. So again, if you have not read that, worth checking out. And the other author slash duology of books that I will recommend are a little different they're more sort of main like i guess contemporary fiction well and they're not even contemporary because they're historical and contemporary (laughs) they're like i can't remember when susanna kersley would be nominated in rt awards it was always like fiction with a historic or with a romantic element so Mm -hmm. so i in both cases i don't think that the romance is necessarily the center point of the story but um i'm talking about the slain series which the first uh book is the winter sea 
and um it has it's it's a back and forth in time kind of a book where there is a story happening in the contemporary world and there's a story happening in the historical world and there's you know uh someone the character one of the characters is choosing between kind of choosing between the the sons of the Scottish landlord that she's renting space from. And like, that's a whole thing, but there's also different love stories going on in the background. And so, um, so like I said, the first is the winter sea. It's Susanna Kersley just has a really beautiful way of writing. Mm -hmm. She does a ton of research. And so it's one of those books, this one and the second one, which is firebird. Um, they're not related. You can read each of them independently. I mean, they're they're connected, but they're not dependent on one another. So you mm-hmm. can read each uh, independently of the other. And she has this way of writing where this happens to me when there are multiple storylines um, where you are more like you think you're more interested in the storyline that you're reading. And then you go back to the other one. You're like, oh, no, actually, I like this one better. And you're <laughs> kind of annoyed when you go back to the other one. And you're like, oh, actually, I like this one better. And so it is just ultimately a very layered and satisfying kind of storytelling. Susanna Kersley is wonderful. And even if you've been sort of put off by the idea that half of it takes place in the present or that it maybe isn't as much a genre romance as a lot of what we talk about on the show, it is still worth taking a look at and seeing uh, it may be a good fit for what you are looking to read next. So that's um, The Winter Sea and The Firebird. Both are by Susanna Kersley. All right, before we do more recs, Jess, should we do another ad? Yes, let's do that. So thanks go to Sipsby for sponsoring this episode of When in Romance. Is there anything more swoonworthy than curling up with a new book and a hot cup of tea? Sipsby makes discovering tea fun, personalized, and affordable. The Sips by Box is the only multi-brand personalized tea subscription box. Each month, Sips by matches you with delicious teas from over 150 global tea brands, big and small, based on your unique preferences. You can take the tea quiz at www.sipsby.com. That's www.sipsby.com. If you subscribe, you'll receive four new teas each month, chosen just for you. Each Sips by box includes loose teas, bagged teas, or a mixture of both based on your preference, and makes 15 or more cups of tea. Sips by accounts for your caffeine tolerance, flavor preference, and even your dietary needs. Follow Sips by at S-I-P-S-B-Y on Instagram for weekly giveaways and more. For podcast listeners only, use the code ROMANCE for 50% off your first SipSpy box at www.sipspy.com. Now, if you have listened to this podcast in the past couple months, um, you might have heard Trisha and I talk about SipSpy. We were able to sample the wares, as it were. Um, we took the quiz. It's really straightforward and kind of fun to think about what your tea preferences are and then if you are right about your own tea preferences you'll get some great stuff like I realized that I like chai but I don't like cinnamon tea so I had to like tweak it a little bit 
On the other hand, I also found a couple brands that I will be supporting for life. <laughs> so- yeah, I thought of you actually this morning, Jess, because um, I had a cup of Earl Grey tea that had come for me in a, in a Sips by box. And I'm not going to lie, a shortbread cookie or multiple shortbread cookies for breakfast. Uh, hashtag healthy living, I guess. No. I mean... Um, but you, I think, were the person who told me that you were never an Earl Grey person until you got it from Sipspy and you found the brand that was the right fit for you. Mm-hmm. So I thought of you. I was like, oh, I wonder if Jess is also all across the country drinking tea and eating cookies for breakfast. <laughs> I was like, nah, she's more of a grown up than I am. So probably not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> probably was. Not at the same time that you were. That's true. It was a because little time later difference. for me. <laughs> but there was definitely, sadly not Earl Grey, but there was definitely some tea and there was probably some peppermint bark. Mm, nice. <laughs> anyway, Sips by. <laughs> um, if you are curious, go to sipsby.com and check out the tea quiz and all of the things that they offer. And, you know, maybe if you have a friend or family member who's really into tea, uh, make them take it too. Oh yeah, I'm getting this for like three of my family members for Christmas. Like, <laughs> I my family celebrates Christmas, and yeah, so uh, use the the code romance though. Get fifty percent off. It'll be great. Uh, yes, do that. And once again, thank you to Sips by for sponsoring this episode. Indeed. Um. All right. So our friend again at Brandon WH, who we mentioned earlier on in the podcast was not just, uh, you know, offering wrecks of her own, but she also had a question um, for us and, and is looking in particular to learn more about lesser-known authors of color, Black, Indigenous, Hispanic, writing in romance. I know that some of my list has room for even more. Uh, or even maybe some older publications from women of color that if she started reading in 2012, she might have missed. Please and thank you. Uh, and we... We're pretty excited about this one, too. Jess, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, So this is another one where I had to think, like, who is lesser known? Because Mm -hmm. I'm in some strange circles as, like, Twitter and Instagram and book people in general, where it's like, oh, everybody knows this person. But do they? So um, the first one that I went with, was uh Mika James. She has written several um novellas that I've enjoyed greatly, one of which is Being Hospitable, um which is about a, a woman who in invites, I guess technically invites her um a younger friend who is also the younger sibling of her best friend Yep, we got that. To stay with her while um, the younger friend is finishing up an internship. And said younger friend (laughs) has been into her for so long that she decides that this is her chance and she's just going to do everything possible to help um, her realize that she is worth... Um, 
going out with, or at least, you know, noticing. So um, in a very brief number of pages, because it's it's not like 40 pages, but it's not 300. Um, mm-hmm. Mika James writes this very interesting pair of people who have kind of opposing personalities and attitudes towards life, but also work really well together. So that is Being Hospitable, which is the first of a set of three, I believe. Um, The third one, Being Mary, is either out now or coming out very soon. And I'm looking forward to how she approaches um, a a holiday story. And she's she's also got one that's not connected to any of these called Being Neighborly. And it was one of the... um, the naughty bits, dirty bits, the the short-lived, very brief um, novel no, novellas and novelettes that were being put up, put out by some imprint. Now I don't even remember which imprint it was. Um, but well, it sounds that, like the take home is just read everything by Mika James. That you read everything by Mika James, mm-hmm. whether it starts with being or doesn't, mm-hmm. um, and. Another author that I have been horribly remiss in reading because I bought her entire series several years ago and just sort of let them linger for a long time is Pamela Sanderson. And the first book in her series, which I think might be the only one, um, is Heartbeat Braves. And it is... um, a book by a Native author featuring Native characters. Um, And the first one, Heartbeat Braves, is set in um, an urban Indian center, which is what they call it in the book. So um, I I tend not to use that language, but if it's her language, then I'll I'll use it in this particular case. But um, the main characters are two people who work in the center and kind of clash heads in part because one didn't really want to be there but his uncle is on the council and was like you need a job here here's a job um and he's sort of taking taking the it's a job where he would be taking credit for someone else who's officially on a lower rung than him but has been doing a lot of work Um, for many years. So the two of them have to work together on a very important project that kind of means everything for the center. Um, And they, when they meet, they're immediately attracted to each other. But that's before they find out that they're going to be working together. So you know how that one goes. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's Heartbeat Braves by Pamela Sanderson. Excellent. Uh, so my first author for you is Robin Covington. Actually, I have two for you that both have, if you were listening to this on November 30th, both of the authors I'm about to give you both have books coming out on December 1st, which is, if you're listening to this on 30th, tomorrow. <laughs> uh, and if you're listening to it after the 30th, it it's out. <laughs> was before time. Then Yeah, so yeah, exactly. It's out. Uh, so either way, you can buy either of these books. Um, we've talked about Robin Covington on this podcast before. And part of the reason that I am sort of insistent on mentioning her on a regular basis or as regular as possible is that 
which I think Robin Covington is one of those authors who can get a little bit lost because she is not as many, 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 and probably most romance authors are. She's not a full-time romance author. She has a, another job. And so she's not able to publish as frequently as I think some, or on maybe not even on as a regular schedule mm-hmm. as some authors are. So I've talked about um, her book, His Convenient Husband, many times. Uh, the book that she has coming out on December 1st, which maybe tomorrow or maybe in the past depending uh is called taking on the billionaire uh it's a harlequin desire book it is delightful and charming in kind of all of the lovely harlequin ways right like it's tropey and a little bit of like soapy and there's family drama there's also family tragedy um tess is a pi that has been hired by adam who is the the titular billionaire uh who has he's trying to weed out a mole in his company he has an adoptive father um because he is actually uh he's Cherokee but he's been adopted by someone who is as it turns out terrible uh and Tess has actually also been impacted by his terrible father in ways that will unfurl themselves as you read this um <laughs> so this is another instance actually where uh adam who is cherokee is being written by robin who is biracial native american um and i will say there's a there's kind of a reveal in the description of this that i don't think is necessary and it doesn't happen to like late in the book so maybe <laughs> just take my word for it and don't read the description and just read <laughs> taking on the billionaire um by robin covington so that is book number one book number two for me is um an author number two is reese ryan whose second chance on cypress lane is coming out also on december 1st possibly tomorrow um reese ryan is an author who has done a lot of also actually category romance through Harlequin, um, which has been great. And and I've read some of her books there, and they've also been really wonderful. Um, but Second Chance on Cypress Lane is coming out as a mass market paperback through forever. And although her, I mean, you know, we love the books that we read through Harlequin. They're, they're great. But it's, this one has sort of a different feel. And I'm hoping that it's going to be an opportunity for... Reese Ryan to kind of get a different kind of marketing. The cover has sort of a different feel. It has, um, it's like one of those beach houses. It has kind of like an Ellen Hildebrand kind of feel. Like, yeah. I don't even know if that's her full name or how she pronounces her name. But you know what I mean? Where it'll be like <laughs> yeah. a lawn chair just sitting on a beach or mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, and I have actually never read any of her books. Um, but they seem to do very well. And so I'm hoping that kind of the marketing angle that they've taken on this one, which is about uh, a tabloid reporter who has unfortunately... Or, I'm sorry, a, a reporter who has landed in the tabloids. Mm. Um, and I will confess, I am actually, I have this book. I'm waiting to read it until the first. Um, so this uh, recommendation is based on the fact that everything I've read before by Reese Ryan I like very much. Uh, but this reporter has, I think, I think she has accidentally had an affair with someone who maybe she didn't speak the language of. And it's kind of going back to sort of let things settle down in a small town, North Carolina, Holly Grove Island, um, which I love a small town romance always and forever. Uh, <laughs> and so I do feel like maybe this is a little bit of, we've seen a lot of um, authors of color and black authors kind of, 
find opportunities in mass market paperback and in trade paperback and with larger publishers in recent years, and it's gone really well for them, um, for at least for some of them. I shouldn't say for all of them. Um, and I'm hoping that Reese Ryan is kind of the next in that group because I think that she is someone who's who's underrated. So also find your way to Second Chance on Cypress Rent Lane by Reese Ryan. That's what awesome. I got. Those are great. Um, and our next two are either rom-com recs or sort of romance-adjacent recs. And we don't want to talk about all of the many comedic romances that we've been talking about all year. But we also don't want to ignore them for people who are looking for comedic romance and maybe have not listened to every episode of this show all year. For some reason, <laughs> uh, haven't listened to every episode. So, Jess, do you want to do a rundown of some of the books, at least, that just like author and title? And I'll stick them in the show notes and I will put them in a little, you know, I'll try to stick them in a section that's other rom-coms or try to indicate them somehow. Um, as books that we didn't get into full descriptions of, but that if you are looking for a romantic comedy, this is one in all the years that we might need a rom-com. This is one where you might need one. So if you're looking for one, here are some potential options. Yes. And uh, brace yourselves, folks. Um, You're going to need the show notes. (laughs) (laughs) So um, one that one series that we've talked about a lot is the brown sisters get a life chloe brown take a hint danny brown and the upcoming well we haven't talked about it yet but there is the upcoming actor age eve brown which we will probably talk about all by talia hibbert um you've got the roommate by rosie danen which is the rajcom of the year you had me at ola by alexis adaria our um uh, telenovela one the worst best man by mia sosa revenge at its best boyfriend material by alexis hall right hall yes mm-hmm. <laughs> um yep. the kiss quotient by helen wong um and i would say that the the bride test probably isn't as funny as the kiss quotient but we've definitely talked about it um yep. meet cute club by jack harbin Conventionally Yours by Annabeth Albert. Anything by Tessa Dare, because... Yeah, that one was mine. I was just like, anything really that you want to read by Tessa Dare. And Fumbled. We probably talked about it all. We probably have. Um, And Fumbled by Alexa Martin. Not to be confused with Intercepted by Alexa Martin. I mean, or if you accidentally confuse them, that's okay, because both are delightful. (laughs) Uh, thank you for that rundown. Like I said, I will stick those in the show notes. It just, it felt like we didn't want to just repeat everything that we've, we've talked about, but we also wanted to recognize that, you know, your mileage may vary depending on what level of romance and comedy you're looking for. So anyway, Mm -hmm. there you have it. Um, all right. So now that we've covered all of that, (laughs) we will start with actually, Jess, I think this one came to you. Do you want to read this, uh, Instagram message? Sure. This is from Tara or Tara. I'm sorry, I didn't ask the pronunciation before. Um, this year, I read You Deserve Each Other by Sarah Hogel, which I have sadly not yet read, um, and absolutely loved it and laughed out loud in several places. So I am looking for recommendations for romances that are also humorous. Thanks so much. And so I took this as definitely a rom-com will work but also something that wasn't 
particularly purported as a rom-com, but also was hilarious. (laughs) How about you, Trisha? Yeah, I mean, I think, yes. I think (laughs) I went with the books that have made me laugh out loud, but also the You Deserve Each Other connection it's it's um that's a a book which i will confess i also haven't read but i did read the summary and i've read some (laughs) reviews of it it does seem delightful and now it's on my list for reading over holidays um but it is an existing couple who is sort of trying to split up but the more they try to split up that seems like the more they stay together which is how i landed on a book that i i will be honest i was i i really enjoyed last year and talked a lot about last year and there are just so many books that i it kind of fell off my radar, which is Mm. uh, The Romance Book Club by Lissa K. Adams, which is also a book that is about uh, a a baseball player. A book that is also about, uh, um, it's about a baseball player, Gavin Scott, uh, and his, he's married. Uh, There has been a sort of misleading situation related to how the sex is going in his marriage, and he does not handle it well. Uh, and so things are moving in a bad direction. His wife asks for a divorce. And one of his um, uh, friends sort of takes pity on him and welcomes him into the bromance book club, wherein they start reading about uh, romances and learning. They read different, they read actual romances and they start learning about kind of the lessons that those characters take and how they might be able to apply them to their lives. And it's kind of very meta in a charming way in that Lissa K. Adams clearly knows that it's meta. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that it was almost like a second chance wrapped up in a, in a um, rom-com made me think that Bromance Book Club might be a good fit for this one. Um, so that is one to check out. I will let you jump in just before i do my second sure um the first thing that i jumped on and i think i've actually mentioned this one vaguely recently um but i've had to mention it again is the love study by chris ripper and it features a um a man who is not ready but ready to jump back into dating again and his new friend who has a YouTube channel and uh, Sydney, his friend um, says, why don't I set you up on dates and then we can talk about them on the YouTube channel. We'll call the segment the love study and uh, the dates are nice, but he realizes that, you know, Maybe there's someone else that he's more interested in. And that's dun, The dun, Love dun. Study by Chris Ripper. <laughs> Aw. Uh, that is delightful. The other book that I will mention that I have been advocating for years for it to be made into a film. <laughs> uh, it's not there yet, but maybe someday. That's Between a Rock and a Hot Mess by Phyllis Bourne. It, uh, it's just like this really... It's this hilarious, I mean, it's hilarious and it knows it's hilarious. Like, it's it's funny in kind of a goofy way where um, the, the, you know, like one of the main characters is following an app that's kind of sort of, this is Riley, it's kind of based on like a um, TV show where you do what the TV show character tells you to do and you follow 
all of the things. And she has, so she has a crush on this like super attractive guy, but much like happens in the love study, she eventually learns that maybe, maybe the super attractive guy is not the, well, there are two super attractive guys, Uh, (laughs) but one of them is her sort of like work enemy. uh, Uh, And it turns out that maybe, just maybe, she might be more interested in her work enemy. Um, And it is, like I said, it's just like, film-worthy, laugh-out-loud romantic comedy uh, that is Between a Rock and a Hot Mess by Phyllis Bourne. Find it wherever you possibly can. (laughs) Oh, actually, in the show notes. It'll be in the show notes. In the show notes. We just made that easy. (laughs) (laughs) I think you had one more. I did, and I didn't think about this one. Well, I'm not going to lie. I've thought about this one being film-worthy. But now that you've been talking about the Phyllis Bourne ah, yes. being film worthy, all I'm seeing are images of this one being made into a historical rom com. And that is The Duke Who Didn't by Courtney Milan, her 2020 release. And it is the most delightful book. And I mean, I guess it's not technically a, a rom com as we seek out romantic comedies in literary fiction. No, that's not right. In books. <laughs> but it would totally be one on the screen. And this is a Victorian romance set in the north of England, in which a, a young woman who is very fond of lists is getting ready for the festival, the games, that draws people from far and wide to her town. And it's very important this year because she and her father have finally mastered their sauce. And they're going to sell it this year and become world famous and knock out the competition, who happens to be um, an English pair of gentlemen who stole the original concept of her father's sauce but now it's bigger better and more delicious and they're just going to do all they do all they can to just make it the most well-known best sold sauce in all of england her plans get a little fumbled though when the boy that she fell in love with when they were teenagers comes back after several years of not coming back and I'll I'll give you a hint. His last name is Wentworth, if you were wondering about like what's happening here. Um it is a very lightly dipped uh persuasion inspired story. And he has determined that this is the year that he is going to tell her that he loves her and get her to marry him. But he has a big secret. He is actually the duke who owns the town and the surrounding areas and who the people of the town like to call the duke who didn't because he is absent and doesn't particularly care about them. But she does. But, you know, Um, so that is the thing keeping them apart. And games ensue of various kinds. So that's the duke who didn't. By Courtney Milan. Excellent. All right. Before we get on to our next uh, question, I will do our last ad spot for the day, and that is for the Boy Toy by Nicola Marsh. 
Successful 37-year-old Samira Broderick is ready to give up on love after an unsuccessful arranged marriage orchestrated by her Indian mother. When she meets an Aussie stuntman, Rory Radcliffe, she finds herself falling for someone she could have never predicted. Samira can think of many reasons why Rory is completely wrong for her. He's 10 years her junior. Side note, now I'm like even more on board. Uh, (laughs) And he's not Indian something. Samira's mother would never approve. Even if things were to get serious, there's no reason to tell her mother. Is there? Uh, so this is USA Today bestselling author Nicola um, has published over 65 books and sold over 7 million copies worldwide. Uh, she is award winning. There are like a whole list of awards here that I will I will not read for you, but you can find for yourself. It's kind of incredible. Um, there is this, you know, the hero is a younger man. The heroine is an older woman. It's increasingly popular. It is also an own voices novel that centers on a half Indian woman and a man with a speech impediment. And the author is also half Indian and has a stammer. So um, that is one to be very excited about. It just came out recently, so it is available now. Uh, and that is The Boy Toy by Nicola Marsh, which has been open in the tab on my computer since I read that description uh, a few days ago because I am very on board. So huge thanks to them for sponsoring the show. Uh, And our next request I will read because it came from Faith, who is a friend of mine. Um, (laughs) We, uh, Faith and I were roommates together in college. And when I put out a request to see if folks on social media were interested in in any kind of recommendations, she reached out. She is, um, I believe at this point, she's a librarian. She does, yeah, she is, she's an author. She's done all kinds of banana stuff with books. And I think my sense from reading um, her question is that she's a little bit newer to the romance world world so per faith uh i really like new adult like colleen hoover and jay mclean but i've enjoyed rom-coms lately recently i have really liked jasmine Guillory's wedding date series and loved 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 red white and royal blue by casey mcquiston uh she also mentioned that she's a huge fan of taylor jenkins reed even though um she doesn't do romances anymore and so she's trying to figure out where to go next so um, I will start with a series that we've talked about previously, but not maybe as much recently. When she mentioned new adult authors, the first series, and, and kind of comedic, although I'll get into the fact that I think it doesn't have to be all comedic here in a minute, but um, the series that jumped to mind is the Winston Brothers series by Penny Reed, which starts with Truth or Beard, and that I think could be argued to be new adult. It's characters in their early 20s, definitely comedic. Um, it's rural kind of Tennessee, like beautiful part of the Smoky Mountains sort of Tennessee uh, where you might want to be. Um, Dwayne Winston is kind of cranky. He's he's the hero in the story. Um, and Jessica James has actually had a crush on his twin brother for years and years and years. Uh, and as it turns out, um, they are and they end up in a situation where there might be a little bit of identity confusion. Um, <laughs> they have always sort of been adversaries. Uh, and as it turns out, Dwayne has had a crush on Jessica for years and years and years. So um, it's kind of that untangling identity sort of new adult set, again, in a beautiful setting in Tennessee, kind of rom-com. Truth or Beard and that whole series, the whole Winston Brothers series by Penny Reed is, I think, one place to start. Uh, and before I, I throw out my next one, Jess, I will, I will let you offer a rec. 
Okay, so this one um, is a relatively new new book. Not new, like some of Trisha's coming out this week books. Um, I but mean, it, no it, big deal. Whatever. <laughs> it came out this year, um, so it's, it's kind of new. It's not nothing. Um, and that is Ghosting by Tosh Skelton. And Tosh Skelton is a writing duo. They decided to try their hand at writing a an adult romance together because I believe both of them are um, more on the YA side. And Ghosting is about two people who write for rival companies that help people who are doing online dating. So... <laughs> Each of these like Cyrano style people live in New York and are have met their clients but are sort of doing their own work at posing as their clients to talk to other people online to help them get to the dating part of online dating. And it's just so happens that our two people who are who find themselves writing to each other as their clients are also bitter rivals for the good table at their local coffee shop. Oh, it's just like it's it's the most New York story ever. I gotta tell you, and it's the but good it's table. It's so great. I would watch that miniseries. So there are scenes where they're just like glaring at each other across the coffee shop if one of them hasn't managed to get it. It's just it's so perfect. And there's also elements of like one of them has just gotten out of a long relationship and discovered that his girlfriend that broke up with him is definitely pregnant and farther along than if she hadn't gotten pregnant before they broke up. Um, so he's having some issues with people and trust and that kind of thing when we first meet him. And um, the other character has just been dropped into New York from LA by her boss um, and isn't particularly interested in exploring New York as a city. She is most interested in this particular coffee shop because it's across the street from her apartment. And there's this whole scene early on where she's like, all you have to do is get across the street, just get across the street. So she has her own like personal issues with not knowing anybody in New York and also just like trying to get through life in this like complete fish out of water situation. And the two of them are kind of grumps at each other. <laughs> Um, but also you can tell just even early on, they have some element of, of chemistry, even if it's used to snipe at each other and battle for the free biscotti. So that is Ghosting by Tosh Skilton. All right. I am going to, because we gave that so, such a long list of, um, comedic romances early on, I'm just going to give you one more Rec, that was actually a recommendation from Jen Northington, who uh, is just a wonderful human and a wonderful book riot human and who does uh, some podcasting at SFF. Yeah, um, the sci-fi fantasy um, 
Book Riot podcast. And I was looking for some different kinds of romantic comedies that I hadn't read before. And I would just ask this question yesterday. So I will confess that I have not read it. But if Jen recommends it, it must be great. And that is Mangoes and Mistletoe from Adriana Herrera. Um, it is a it seems to be a delightful holiday, like sort of I don't even it might even just be a novella. That's it's 150 a pages. Yeah. So it's, yeah. yeah, about half. And like I said, Jess, you may have read it. It's um, focused on a holiday baking challenge. Uh, apparently, it's a little steamy. So be ready <laughs> for that. If you're ready for, like, steamy and baking. And uh, apparently, it's in Scotland. So, I mean, maybe Becky's into this one. I don't, We don't know. We don't know. Um, I will say, but- if you have issues with kitchen cleanliness, skip this one. That's oh, all I'm going to say. Oh, I have a feeling that might be related to the steaminess element uh, mm-hmm. of the book. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to ask you. I'm I'm just putting that out there as a possibility for what that might mean. <laughs> uh, I will be reading this one. My plan is to read it uh, over the, it's the Thanksgiving weekend here in the U.S. So um, I will be having it on my TBR then. Um, but yeah, again, that's Mangoes and Mistletoe from Adriana Herrera. And I will drop one more um specific recommendation and an author to check out um specifically stripped by zoe castile is adorable and hilarious um it's probably been a couple of years since i've mentioned it there are also three books in that series now but this one starts out with um a teacher who is just sort of trying to keep her life together and the stripper who lives downstairs getting their laundry mixed up so imagine opening your laundry and finding up finding you know sequins and glitter and all of that that you don't usually wear and are pretty sure you didn't recently um mixed up and they just there are things that happen but they they work for each other and these all three of the books in this series are about kind of like being put in unexpected situations and having to deal with the situations but also they have a great deal of humor and um heart and all of those things that you look for in a good rom-com they're also relatively short they're probably and they're still novel length, but they're they're pretty short novels, probably just over a couple hundred pages each. And an author that I want to throw out because I can't pick a book um, is Jackie Lau. I will say that her Baldwin Village series and her Holidays with the Wong series are my two favorite of hers. But there's just so much to choose from and every trope imaginable that you could want, including a situation with a dancing T-Rex costume. So Jackie Lau and Stripped by Zoe Castile. All right. Last rec request for 2020, at least as far as we know. Uh, So this one comes from Marie. She's asking for a request uh, for herself. Um, Marie mentions that uh, I love paranormal romance and started the romance genre with Nalini Singh's Side Changeling series. Side note, it is delightful. Since then, <laughs> I have also read half of Immortals After Dark by Cressy Cole. I have started the Dirk and Steel series by Marjorie Liu. 
I love the world-building overarching plot that continues throughout the series and the magical slash sci-fi slash shapeshifter aspects of all of these series. However, I'm sensitive to the torture, rape, and senseless violence, which I find tends to show up in paranormal. Side note, totally with you, Marie. I get it. (laughs) I think what triggers me most is when there is a pathological, malevolent intent. When the bad guys take pleasure from being cruel, I am happy to read action scenes with fighting, suspense, and high stakes. I actually prefer this over the fluffy, slow burn reads. Do you have any recommendations for action-packed paranormal romance minus the rapists and psychopaths? Uh, and then Marie does acknowledge that it's tricky to know what triggers other people. So um, Marie's just asking for the suggestions. Ideally, big fat series to settle into for the rest of 2020. Uh, so I absolutely understand this request. It is one of the problems that I tend to have with paranormal sci-fi fantasy romance as well. It can be a real challenge. However, I think we might have some options for Marie to check out. Jess, you want to give it a, uh, give us a start here? Absolutely. So the first one I thought about, which um, I'm unfortunately Maria is not big and fat just yet, um, is Gail Carragher's GL Carragher, forgive me, um, series that is a contemporary supernatural paranormal series. The first book in that set is The Sumage Solution. And she writes kind of serious with a lot of dry wit, but also um, doesn't take herself too seriously, if that makes any sense. It's not written to be a comedy, but it's also very funny, I guess is what I'm saying. And uh, these these books have werewolves, they have mages, they have uh, were-otters. I think um sure the alpha's boyfriend is a mermaid like <laughs> there's a lot of fun in these stories and there is of course going to be action and some violence but it's it's not um going to have that same kind of the of um malevolent intent that you were talking about even from the villains of the story actually of the three books in the series i think most of the people who are um are are antagonists are after money or power not after um murder (laughs) i guess murder probably happens at some point but it's not usually because they are vicious people. They're just getting the job done. So anyway, the sumage solution is the first one. Um, There's a lot of fun, but also that same element of world building that you might enjoy. And if you like those, I would definitely recommend checking out um, Gail Carriger's other writing set in what is a similar universe but is kind of adjacent perfect i will throw out actually it's funny that you say that about an author's other writing because uh my first rec for you on this is deal with the devil by kit rosha it's part of the mercenary librarian series and unfortunately it is the first of that series 
And as of now, it is the only one. But <laughs> Kit Rosha has an extensive backlist. So if you find that this is the right fit for you, um, it is worth checking out some of their other books. Uh, Kit Rosha, as was someone else that we talked about on the show, um, is a duo of authors. Uh, and this particular book, I, I don't think it's quite paranormal. It's more sci-fi, kind mm-hmm. of near future dystopian sci-fi in which um, there is this set of, mm, I would say, genetically enhanced. There's a spectrum there. Some people are a little less genetically enhanced and some people might be clones, uh, who are mercenary librarians trying to use the information that they can gather to save what is uh, a, again, near-future America that is in real trouble. They end up needing to team up with a group of kind of highly elite soldiers who have gone rogue and left the um, protectorate, which is the team of soldiers that's more state it doesn't matter you'll 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 come along anyway they're (laughs) they're soldiers they have left uh and they actually really need to basically kidnap the lead of the mercenary librarians because they need to trade her for someone from their team that has being held hostage so it is a bunch of people who are very talented and like good at things and there is again it's the story is not not violent it is violent, but not in a way um, that is feels gratuitous. And I think that might be a little bit of what you're trying to get away from. So uh, that is, I would say, take a look, you know, with any of these wrecks, um, as, you know, as Marie mentioned, um, it's hard to know, like, what's a good fit for someone. But any one of these are a good option to take a look at. And one of those is Deal with the Devil by Kit Rosha. And another one you're going to have to sort of consider if if you if that's part of what you're trying to avoid is the last wolf and the other books in the legend of all wolves series by Maria Vale. And that's because while there isn't, there also isn't this malevolent intent that you really are trying to avoid. There is a lot of, this one has a lot of um, sort of pack politics that include a lot of kind of violent events if that makes any sense and this the the last wolf is the first in the series and we're introduced to the pack through silver who is basically the runt and who could face exile if she can't successfully like show that she has a place in the pack and um Ty, who shows up at the PAX meeting with a giant gaping hole in his stomach, um, and it turns out that he is a shifter, which is a kind a kind of supernatural being that wolves tend not to like, but he is also half-wolf, so he was told if he was ever in trouble to find the wolves, and he did. So the way the pack dynamics work is that um, if there's anyone left over who hasn't mated, basically, then they have to, like, form their own kind of bond and prove that they both belong in the pack. So Silver and Ty 
the weakest of the of the pack have to prove that they belong. And there is both their relationship that you're reading and their relationship with wolfdom and all of this. And, you know, there's a lot of pack dynamics that might might be off-putting to some readers, um, which is why I started with um with that bit. But it Maria Vale is just an amazing writer and I, I I love what she does with words and with setting and all of that. And it's just there aren't many books in the series, but they will keep you very busy for a while if you wanted to um venture into them. So that is The Last Wolf by Maria Vale. And I'll just mention, we talk about Shelley Lawrenston a lot, um, and her books are paranormal. They are also violent, but they're also somehow really comedic. And so if you have not had an opportunity to check out her books, um, it almost feels, I was telling Jess before we started recording, it almost feels like it's like that sort of like Acme, like cartoon, mm-hmm. he, like violence where like Bugs Bunny runs into an anvil. <laughs> uh, and like people aren't fine. Don't get me wrong. But it's almost like. I don't know. I can't, I can't, I've never really been able to explain the tone. It's unlike anything I've seen in romance uh, in terms of kind of the level of rom-com and the level of violence. So again, we've talked about a bunch of her books. Hot and Badgered is one to check out. Um, Once again, your mileage may vary, but it's worth at least taking a look at, you know, some of the sample pages on that one. And another author that I wanted to throw out because she's written so broadly that it's hard to pick one lane is Holly Trent, who also writes sci-fi as H.E. Trent. So if you're looking for some sci-fi to check out, check out that as well. Um, But she's written series that involve um, immortal Viking monarchs and witches and there's a whole one where a fae prince who comes to the other side and has to deal with that. And there's her Masters of Maria series, which has like Mesoamerican gods and uh, shifting animal types. And so there's just there's a lot to pick from if you're looking for for it. And it similarly has that like serious tone you're going to be deep into world building but there's also that humor that you just kind of can't escape if you're reading anything by holly trent um so i would definitely just check her out and see what kind of stuff she offers because it's gonna be sexy and it's gonna have it's not gonna be low conflict but it's not going to be this kind of like overwhelming gotta get away kind of conflict it's there's going to be well-contained stuff in that um so i would definitely check her stuff out all right we may have done what we can do here today jess i think we Uh, have i think we've gone through we've gone through a lot of wrecks hopefully we've given so um folks some some things to read either on this episode or the last episode you heard uh something that you you know you had other recommendations for please don't hesitate to let us know you can always email us at when in romance at bookriot.com you can find me most successfully on instagram at trisha haley brown and you can find me on instagram 
at Jess underscore is underscore reading or on Twitter at Jess is reading all one word. I am more on Twitter, but once I get a notification from Instagram, I'm there for hours anyway. Huge thanks to Dr. Baker for the sound editing. They are subbing in for just this episode, and we are tremendously grateful. They're uh, subbing in for Jen. <laughs> wait, what did I say? You said Jess. Oh, did I? Boy, it is. It is a rough time. Everyone is doing their best. Uh, as you <laughs> can tell, Jess was in this episode. Jen will not be. We are grateful to Dr. Baker for doing the sound editing. Um, and we hope that you all are figuring out the end of 2020 more successfully than apparently I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, please do rate and review the podcast. Uh, and I don't know, Jess, that might be all we have. It is indeed. And it- If you have managed to find time to continue your endeavors to read this odd year, happy reading. Happy reading, everybody.